0: Good luck with
1: Got to take your mic out of the mix. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you for singing with us this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Yeah, he was in key. It was good. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) What do you got to do?
0: My heart is so free.
2: it's all good yeah <laughs> we're all we're all uh, subject to making a little a little glitch here or there and uh wow isn't it good to know that people love you and forgive you
0: amen. we all need that amen <laughs>
2: I, if i um if I didn't get mercy for all the time that I stubbed my toes whew, man I'd be in trouble So anyway God is good yes And it's good to see everyone here this morning, appreciate you coming, and uh, those who are watching from live stream, we we are going to worship the Lord. Amen. I want to read you a passage of scripture, kind of set the tone. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That literally means the darkness didn't, it didn't take hold of it, nor could it understand it, but it certainly couldn't overthrow it. The darkness could not overthrow the light who is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, and then in Colossians 1, he says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things, were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to worship... The Lord because he is light yes. and he has changed us and transferred yes. us from the kingdom yes. of darkness and Hallelujah. brought us into the sun yes, and to the kingdom of light. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. So, and he is the head of the body and he is supposed to have preeminence. That means he is supposed to be the most important, significant thing of value in our lives. And so this morning... We're going to place Him on the throne. Amen. We're going to worship Him with all of our hearts. We're Amen. going to lift our voices, lift our hearts. Yes. And I don't care if you, if you do a jig or you clap your hands, you raise your hands, Amen. you shout, you sing. Yes. Just yes. whatever you need to do to give Him that place of preeminence oh, in your heart yeah. and in your life this yeah. morning. Okay. We want to worship the Lord because yes. when we worship Him, He comes. And when He oh. comes, everything changes. Yes.
0: Thank you,
2: Jesus. So, Lord, this morning... We invite you and we say yes to you this morning. We will put you on the throne thank in our hearts, Lord. We will give you a place of preeminence. We will worship you as the light. You have transferred us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. Now I thank you for that, Lord. And I'm so grateful that I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to sing. I'm going to shout and I'm going to praise you because you've changed me you've made me new in every way lord you are working in me you're not allowing me just to be in the darkness but you're bringing me in the light daily refreshing me with your love and your light i thank you for that so lord come this morning be here with us change us in your light lord as we worship you in jesus name let's worship i'd like to say real quick we are experiencing technical difficulties so we may or
1: may not have words up for you um, if they're not, just worship. Just press in. Amen. Uh, if you know, if you know the choruses, then then just sing along. It, and we're going to try to get the words back up as quick as we can.
0: To What a beautiful day.
2: Say, there is no no other name there's salvation in no other name or there's no other name given under all of heaven there is no other name given whereby we must be saved there is no other name that can bring healing there's no other name that can bring deliverance no other name that has the power the authority the love the name of Jesus When Jesus began his ministry, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me. And he began to list the things that he was going to do because of the Spirit of the Lord being upon him. And those are the things that we enjoy as as his children. He said he was going to come and open the eyes of the blind. He's going to open the prison doors for those who are captives. He's going to set free those who are in bondage. He's going to restore and redeem, and he's going to, preach the gospel to the poor and he's gonna proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord which is the year of Jubilee the year of freedom we have that in Christ there is no other name it's only in the name of Jesus so Lord we thank you thank you that you are our freedom that you are our life you are our light in your name Lord everything is different all the circumstances of life come against us, and we become overwhelmed sometimes, and yet you say, you say, be still, Thank you. see the salvation of the Lord. You say, let there be light, and all the darkness that we have going on around us, you're saying, let there be light. Thank you. And all the confusion and chaos and and things that are just going crazy, you say, peace, be still. Oh God, this morning we need you. We need you, Lord. We need you to speak those words of life over us. We need you to speak peace, life, wholeness over us. I come into agreement with you, Lord. Your word is true. Your word is true, and I proclaim the truth of your word over all those, everyone within the sound of my voice right now that has a need, whether it's a a little need or a desperate need, and I know we have some desperate needs. Lord, you have the answer. You are the answer. You've already provided for that need. So I just ask that you speak to each person right where they are, Speak, Lord God, that they would hear your voice clearly, that they would hear you say, be healed. They would hear you say, peace, be still. They would hear you say, let there be light where there is darkness and confusion. Let them hear you say, I am the God of all hope. For those who are experiencing hopelessness and discouragement, speak life and hope Speak love and mercy and grace into us, Lord. We need you. We need you, Lord. This morning, we don't need more information, we need you. We just need you, Lord, to come and to to change everything in our lives, Lord God. All of our brokenness can be raised and healed in a moment when you just speak the word over us, Lord. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you that you're here. We just invite you to speak to us now. We're going to continue as carol plays. We're just going to let the Lord speak to us. I encourage you, just open your heart and mind and just let him speak. And if someone uh, has a word that we need to share for the, the whole group, then that's fine. But otherwise, just receive what God is saying to you. Listen to Him, because what He says is true. breathe that in now the Lord is breathing life into us he's breathing life into us right now just receive that receive from him right now whatever you need things begin to change in your life. It's not going to be the same old stuff. Today is the day that things are going to begin to change. From this day, mark it on your calendar, October 25th, today is the day that things will begin to change. He's going to begin to stir you. He's going to begin to change you. He's going to begin to heal and restore the things that the enemy has taken away, things that you've lost. You're going to gain hundreds of times over this is the day that it begins the only thing that's required of you is that you say yes and you reject the lies of the enemy because the enemy will try to tell you that's a bunch of bull that's not gonna happen it's gonna be the same just like it always has been that's the way it's gonna be don't believe what the enemy says. believe what God says his word is true like we sang Don't fear the the arrows that come by the day or the terrors that stalk in the night. And there's plenty of those, but be fearless because perfect love has cast out all fear. And in Jesus Christ, we have his perfect love abiding within us. We don't have to be fearful. We can trust because we know he loves us and he is watching out for our good all the time. So Lord, seal that word in our hearts cause us to rise up and be people who will proclaim your truth. People that will believe what you say. People that will reject the lies and the deception of the enemy and what the world says and what doctors or or lawyers or accountants or anybody else might say, help us to trust what you say and believe what you say, Lord. In Jesus' name. I just bless you with life. I bless you with health, I bless you with all of God's abounding goodness, that you would walk in his love and mercy and grace and see him as you've never seen him before, that you'd be changed from the inside out because of his love within you. Receive that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. All right. Thanks, guys. That was some pretty good worship for some that had technical difficulties, i got to say. Man, I'm excited about what uh, the Lord is doing, and we're just getting started. And all this COVID stuff, it's horrible, and it's been really disruptive, but God is moving, and there is hope. We sing that, there's hope beyond the suffering, there's joy beyond the tears. You know, this is not going to go on forever. God is going to restore all this time that's been lost god is a redeeming god and i'm excited about that so i guess we're going to dismiss the children at this point they've already gone bye-bye and uh i'm really excited about uh brother mitch he's uh you know he's a cowboy we all know him as a guy who works with horses but if you know him at all you know he's a guy who really loves the lord and he's not ashamed of his faith he preaches and talks and he shares with people wherever he goes and um and the guy can flat teach and preach, too. And so I'm excited about what he's going to do this morning, what he's going to share with I know God's put a message on his heart. So let's welcome Mitch as he comes and shares with us.
1: Am I on now? Am I on? Okay. Man, I found out what those politicians feel like when they're caught with a hot mic. I was just singing away. and She said, your mic's on. <laughs> Oh, that I, was, I was probably off key. <laughs> anyway, so uh, man, I just want to uh, welcome. have a couple of my good friends and neighbors here, Jim Nichols and Jerry Bailey, right here. There's a couple of horse traders right there, and uh, but they're neighbors and they're good friends and they love the Lord and and uh, say so they came over to to support me and hear God's word this morning. And I really appreciate that. Appreciate all of you coming. It's such a uh, really just a, a blessing and a privilege to be able to sh- share the Lord's Word and what, he's, what He places on our hearts. And um, really, I know a lot more about unloading a big old truckload of hay than I do about preaching, so I'm just going to approach it that way. The first thing you got to do is just jump up there and throw that first bale down. So 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 says, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Those two words, the faith, are what I want to concentrate on today. That's uh, what I want to talk about. I'm going to tell a little story, a little short story. Everybody makes fun of me because my stories are long, but this is a pretty short one. But it's going to kind of, I want to make a point with it. <clears throat> so I heard a man several years ago, and he was talking about a uh, an interview that he had seen with a man interviewing John Glenn, uh, the guy that walked on the moon. And so... He, uh, the interviewer asked him, he he said, he said, man, he said, Mr. Glenn, he said, isn't it wonderful how modern technology and science could just put you all in that spaceship and just shoot you right straight to the moon? And he kind of laughed and he said, well, that's not exactly the way it happened. He said, they did indeed put us in a spaceship and they hurled us in the general direction of the moon. And he said, ever so often, I don't remember if it was every three minutes or five minutes or ten, but at certain intervals, NASA... Would check their course and they might find they were missing the moon by 500 miles over here. And NASA redirect, 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 right? The next interval, they might find that they were missing the moon a thousand miles this direction. Redirect, redirect, redirect. You know, um, so uh, I I always like to say there's a ditch on both sides of the road. When God is uh, uh, when, we're, when we're in the things of God, you know, he wants us, he does that on purpose because he wants us on the narrow path, doesn't he? So he puts a ditch on both sides of the road. Well, so they continued to do that, uh, you know, just uh, redirect, redirect, and, and they just, uh, just honed in and honed in and honed in until finally they reached their destination, their goal. They, they landed on the moon, they picked up a bunch of rocks and come on home. I'm, sh- I'm not sure why, but that's what they did. And uh, so in this illustration, our, their goal was the moon. And the vehicle was a spaceship. And uh, the navigator was NASA. And, uh, you know, on our journey with the Lord, there's a lot of similarities, really. Um, as we grow in knowledge and grace and uh, gain a better understanding of the things of God, we find ourselves having to redirect, redirect, don't we? We should. We better. Or we're not growing in the Lord. We're not growing in knowledge and grace. We don't just automatically understand everything. So the ultimate goal, of course, with the Lord is to be with the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man goeth to the Father but by me. So Jesus is the way. The way to where? The way to the Father. Okay, so that really takes place uh, at the at the very beginning. As soon as we give our heart to the Lord, um, uh, why we begin that relationship? There's no more enmity between us and God, right? Because what Jesus did on the cross, and we give our heart and our life to Him, and there is uh, no more enmity. So we begin that relationship. But like all relationships. Um, They need to be developed. And this relationship needs to be developed throughout our life, doesn't it? So I don't know about you. When I when I began my late relationship with the Lord, I was ready to get on with the relationship. I was ready for it. I was needing it. I was desperate. A lot of you were too. I got thinking about that uh, yesterday. I was thinking about when I met Sandy and when I saw her, I was ready to get on with the relationship. Really, all I was speechless, all I could say was, See, I can just barely do it now, I'm just looking at her. And, uh, uh, no, I didn't really do that, you know, because I'm bashful. But I was thinking that. (laughs) And, uh, of course, what she said to me, let me see exactly, uh, something like, I want that boy, I got to have him, he's mine. No, she didn't really say that, she didn't say that. But I know what she was thinking. I'm looking over there, I can probably tell you pretty much word for word what she's thinking right now, as a matter of fact. Oh, Lordy. Well, now back to the subject at hand. So, uh, when I began my relationship with the Lord, like I said, I was really ready to get on with the relationship. A lot of times desperation leads to salvation, doesn't it? We're desperate in our lives. And we, we know we need something and we don't know what it is, and somebody shares the gospel with us and what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary and we receive that gospel and we act upon it and we're ready to get on with that relationship y'all remember that day I I remember that day all all of our burdens were lifted weren't they we'd given all our cares thrown them over to him we didn't have a care in the world really right I thought man I'd been delivered from the battle well I found out I'd really I'd been delivered all right, right to the front lines Well, why is that? Why were we delivered to the front lines? Well, I found out that my first goal was to be conformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And, man, that's a tall order. That's a tall order when you don't understand, especially how you're supposed to go about doing that. And um, so... Uh, I I tried to do that, you know, just by pulling myself up by my bootstraps, right? Just cowboy up, right, brother? Just cowboy up, just get on with the business of making myself more like Jesus, right? Man, that backfires. It backfired for me. And uh, so I figured out that I had the goal right, becoming more like Jesus was right. I found out that uh, the vehicle was wrong. And you can look at the vehicle in our walk with Jesus in two different ways. Really the Holy Spirit, you could say the Holy Spirit's the vehicle, but actually I like to say he empowers the vehicle, and the vehicle is faith. And our faith is what um, causes the Holy Spirit to move. The Holy Spirit is moved by our faith, by, by by us evidencing faith. So, uh, and then the navigator, of course, I thought it was me, you know, I'd been controlling my life forever, right? I thought I was still in charge, and I found out, no, that's the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. If you want to get right with the Lord, if you want to get closer to God, if you want to get more, become more like Jesus, you know, he said, "I, I don't do anything that I haven't seen the Father do, I don't say anything that the Father doesn't say. So I found out that faith was the vehicle. So I said, okay, now Sandy will testify to this. I've never done anything in my life halfway, have I? Uh, no. <laughs> She'll testify to that. So I thought, okay, faith, all right. So I jumped right in with both feet on the word of faith wagon. The, the Please don't turn your ears off now because I believe in a lot of the word of faith. I believe we spoke words of life this morning in the prayer room. I believe in that. We spoke God's word. I believe in that it's powerful our words are powerful I know that so don't turn your ears off don't get up and leave please because I I, I think that I have something here I know I have something here that has really helped me in my walk and and um, I, I'm I may step on some toes here but uh brother Al's not here this morning that Al is but brother Al Johnson told me one time when I was speaking to the men's meeting he said, "Oh, brother, don't worry about stepping on anybody's toes." He said, "Jesus, a heal him." <laughs> okay, and then Carlos, hey Carlos, he'll always walk out of here and he'll say, "Man, Pastor Terry, Pastor Terry uh, sure did st- step on my toes today." And he'll always follow up and he'll say, "But I'll tell you something. If I walk out of here too many Sundays in a row without limping, I may not be back because he understands the importance." Of having our toes stepped on and being willing, having that teachable heart and being willing to redirect, redirect, right? So I jumped right in with both feet, you know, and and, uh, um, I mean, I jumped on the word of faith wagon with the name it and claim it crowd. I just need to muster up enough faith crowd. Positive confession crowd, and listen to this, even if I had to lie in my confession, listen to this. A lot of you are there. A lot of you have been there. I was there. I'm still in, but not totally in on that deal, because who is the, here's the lie. I'm sicker than a dog, but I'm claiming I'm not, okay? And I understand you're speaking in faith. I understand that, but who is the father of all lies? That's right. So, uh, how about this for a positive confession? I'm sicker than a dog, but I believe Jesus Christ is healing me right now. I believe healing was, was, uh, is found in the atonement. That on the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ provided healing. But we don't have to lie. We can still be positive, right? So I want to be sure and explain. I still believe that everything received from God, we receive by faith. I still believe there's power in our confession The power of life and death is in our tongue. I believe that. I know that. It's scripture. You can't deny it. I still understand the importance of a positive confession. I believe Christians, think about this, should be the most positive people on the face of God's green earth. And if we have a correct faith, it will be. And it will be a powerful force in our life. A powerful force in our life. If we have correct faith. If our faith is in the right object. So many times we connect, connect the dots wrong. We get the cart before the horse. Jim, you ever seen a horse pushing a cart? No. Jerry, have you ever seen one? I haven't either. The horse is always before the cart. He always, the horse has to pull the cart. The goods are in the cart. It's powered by the horse that's leading the way. The horse is pulling the cart. You can't get the, the cart before the horse in anything and have it to work right. Well, so here's what I mean by that in 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 connection with uh, positive confession. So correct faith, remember this: correct faith will always will always produce a a positive confession. It will. Correct faith will always produce a positive confession. But a lot of teachers are teaching that a positive confession will produce faith. That's the cart before the horse. That's backwards. It doesn't work. I've tried it, been there, bought the shirt. Hey, I was a breech berth, and if it's backwards, it even wouldn't even work for me. <laughs> so, another thing I've learned, it isn't really the amount of faith, but rather the object of our faith. Those two words, the faith, right? Remember, with faith just the size of a mustard seed, we can, we can say into this mountain, is that right? With faith only the size of a mustard seed, a tiny faith. But if it's in the right object, it's a powerful faith, it's a mighty faith. It's a mountain-moving faith. So I was talking to Eddie Reed a few months back. Eddie, there's two of them. I mean, I always have trouble. So Guitar Eddie, can I just call you Guitar Eddie? I don't want to call him Little Eddie. You know, he is a black belt. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Although i got to say this, thinking about it. Uh, I took a few of his uh, courses, his self-defense courses, and I had to quit. And uh, I know he was really disappointed. He, he said, he, said, uh, he said to me, well, I don't remember if he actually said this, but uh, maybe I dreamed it, I don't know. But I think he said, you were this close. He said, I was so disappointed. He said, you were this close that you could barely get a gum wrapper in between his fingers. You were this close to testing for your first degree pink belt. So you boys, I'm telling you, don't be rooting around too much up here. I'm just telling you. So I was talking to Eddie, and uh, he said this to me. This was several months ago. He said, faith isn't the same as what we believe. And I said, huh? And he said, what you believe can change. Redirect, redirect, redirect. But our faith remains the same. Let that sink in. But our faith remains the same. As we grow in knowledge, we redirect. And a light bulb came on instantly when he said that to me. He said, uh, with uh, just a simple statement, he brought clarity to an idea that I had uh, been trying to put into words for a long time. I said, oh, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I said, oh, I believe the promises because I have faith in the one that made the promises. He said, yeah. I said, I believe in the power of prayer because I have faith in the one that I'm praying to. He said, yeah. I said, I believe in fasting because my faith is the one I'm seeking in my fast. That's right. Be careful. Beware the wiles of the devil, brothers and sisters. There's nothing that he would like to do better than to shift our faith from Jesus to the act of fasting. You know what that is? That's called works. The apostle Paul fought against works all through the epistles. Uh, Go read Galatians. He was, he was coming against the Judaizers. The Judaizers were people were Jews that had been converted to Christianity, but they insisted on mixing works, law, which is the same thing. Law and works, the same thing. They insisted on mixing him, grace with works. And he came against them because you can't do that. You can't mix grace with works. And mm-hmm, uh, so um <laughs> So anyway, the, the enemy would love to shift our faith or even the promises instead of believe, uh, having our faith in the one that made the promises, having our faith in the promise. We believe the promise because we have faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going I'm to go to some scripture here before you all start running out. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, well, that's examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. So the words, the faith, those two words tell us, that we are to have our faith in the correct object, the faith. So what is the correct object? Let me read 1 Corinthians 1, verses 17 and 18, and we'll see what Paul had to say about it. Actually, what the Holy Spirit had to say through Paul, if you want to be really correct about that. The Holy Spirit wrote the whole Bible, didn't he? Through, through men. He said, uh, 1 Corinthians 1 and 17 says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. He said, for the preaching of the cross is to them who perish foolishness, but to us who are, who are saved it is the power of God. So let's break that down a little bit. The first thing he said, for Christ sent me not to baptize. Now obviously Paul isn't, isn't uh, demeaning water baptism. Of course we should follow Jesus in water baptism. It's a church ordinance, and we should do that. But he is saying that water baptism, he's, he's putting water baptism in its uh, proper perspective, um, and he said, uh, because, because think about it, it isn't essential for our salvation. Read about the thief on the cross. He was never water baptized, and Jesus promised him, you shall be in paradise with me today. So why was he sent then? Well, according to Scripture we just read, he was sent to preach the gospel, the Apostle Paul. And he tells us what it is and what it isn't. It isn't wisdom of words. It isn't the wisdom of man. It isn't the intellectualism. It's not intellectualism. It's a relationship. It's not knowing about God. It's knowing God. It's not intellectualism. Intellectualism isn't wrong in and of itself, but there's no power in it as far as the inner man goes. There's no change that takes place with intellectualism. Now, the world, through wisdom of words, or the world's wisdom, the world can offer us anger management. That's on the outside. We manage that anger. But God offers deliverance from anger. And every other thing that might be hindering us, and hindering our walk, and keeping us from becoming more like Jesus. So God offers deliverance, and that is an inner work of the Holy Spirit that changes the heart of man. It changes our desires. It changes our priorities, our spiritual appetite, if you will. I don't want to manage my anger. I want delivered from anger. I want delivered from everything that isn't of God. And there's only one, to, one way to go about that. Jesus said, I give you peace. You talk about pe- people without peace. He said, I give you peace, not like the world gives. Well, the world's idea of peace is when everything, I like Terry's word, hunky-dory. I didn't know how to spell it, and I'm really not sure it's even a word, but when everything's hunky-dory, when there's all, or your life is all just smooth sailing, right? Uh, no problems in life. That's the world's idea of peace, but Jesus demonstrated the peace that he gives as he slept in the boat. Well, the storm was raging, brothers and sisters. Is there a storm in your life and you think you can't have peace? You can have peace that passeth all understanding. So, and then he said, don't, uh, he said, uh, preach the gospel not with the wisdom of words. And the next thing he said was, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. We don't want to make the cross of Christ of none effect, but he says we can through intellectualism. The preaching of the cross should have an effect on a man or a woman that respond to the preaching of the cross. We actually become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And it only happens with the preaching of the cross and someone responding to it. You know, there are a lot of churches today that won't allow a cross in or on the building They never preach or sing about the the cross or the blood. Let me just say this no cross, no blood, no gospel. There's no gospel. The cross and the blood, Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that is the gospel. That is the gospel. That's the message of the cross, is the gospel. So they preach in intellectualism, the wisdom of man. It's useless, brothers and sisters, it's worthless, it's religion. Religion is devised by man. The gospel, the preaching of the cross, is devised by God. And it opens the door. I think, Eddie, somebody said that this morning. It opens the door, Pastor Pastor Terry maybe, to that relationship. That's why every Sunday we sing about the cross, the blood, being made new. And Pastor Terry always takes us back to the cross where the power is. No cross, no blood, no gospel. No gospel, no power. No power, no transformation. The preaching, the preaching of the cross to us who are saved, he said in verse 18, it is the power of God. He's talking about the dunamis power of God. We all know that's where we get our word dynamite. That's God's spiritual dynamite. The dunamis power of God found in the cross of Calvary. When we give our heart and our life to Jesus, and we place our faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and keep it there. Dunamis power. It's a force that overcomes adversity. That's what it means. A force that overcomes adversity. Any adversity. It's the most powerful force anywhere. So how is the preaching of the cross the power of God? Well, first of all, when Jesus died on the cross, he atoned for all sin, past, present, and future. Satan's power over humanity is sin. The problem's always been sin. The the solution's always been Jesus, still is. He he atoned for all sin, past, present, and future. Um, And so with the power that Satan has over sin, and now with that sin having been atoned for, his, he loses his legal right to hold man in bondage. And yet Satan holds untold millions of people in bondage to sin. So how can that be? How can that be? He died for all. He died once and for all. Well, we know that unsaved people, uh, they certainly haven't availed themselves to the uh, benefits to what Jesus did on the cross. So Satan has a legal right to hold these people in bondage. It's sad when the solution is at hand. It's right here. And it's simple. He's made it so simple. A simple faith in Christ and him crucified. Here's the really sad part. Unfortunately, millions of Christians are still in bondage to sin. They too have not totally availed themselves to what Jesus Christ offers us on the cross at Calvary. They hold to the cross for salvation, but not for sanctification. Do you hear me? They hold, them, they hold it to hold the cross for salvation, but not for sanctification, not for being conformed. And they try to feel uh, free themselves, just like I did, of the grip of sin by the works of the flesh or the vain, powerless wisdom of men or wisdom of the world. But when you know the truth, it says the truth will set you free. It has the potential to By the way, Jesus said, I am the truth. We need to develop that relationship with Jesus. He is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So the millions of Christians in bondage is the reason Paul said this in Galatians 5 and 1. He said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, or the freedom, wherewith Christ has made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You know, I was just thinking of a song. I'm just, he's just giving it to me right now. I think it's Eddie. Uh, Stop fighting the fight that's already been won. Can you go on with it? We'll write it up. We'll sell it. It'll make millions. We'll partner up. I've been redeemed. Somebody ought to shout. I've been redeemed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. We weren't baptized in pickle juice. Hallelujah, the blood of the Lamb. Somebody ought to get excited. Hmm. So he said, stand fast therefore in the liberty where Christ has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stop fighting that fight that's already been won. There are two miracles that occur at the moment of conversion when we ask Jesus to come into our heart and our life as Savior and Lord. The first conversion, uh, the Holy Spirit through Paul explained in uh, Romans 6, uh, 1 and 2. It says, uh, as we became a new creation. Uh, Pastor Terry used to do a teaching on this in, uh, when we had our way back 100 years ago when we did our, were having home, uh, home uh, Bible studies, and he called it... Uh, I ain't that way no more. Can that sink in? We ain't that way no more. And, and, and I'm telling you, we ain't that way no more. And it's, let me s- explain something. It isn't just a philosophical shift in our thinking. Now, this is going to sound like an oxymoron, but I couldn't figure out another way to say it. Somebody smarter maybe could, but it's an actual physical change in the inward man. It's an actual physical change in your inward man. I know that's an oxymoron, but I just don't know any other way to say it. So these two things take place. Romans 6, 1 and 2 tells us the first one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin? Did you get that? How How should we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Dead to sin. The problem is, our understanding of the word dead. Dead doesn't speak of extinction. Dead doesn't mean we cease to exist. A physical death, when we die physically, we don't cease to exist. Our spirit and body go to be with the Lord, or they go to hell, depending on whether we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior or not. A spiritual death is separation from God. Death speaks of separation, not extinction. So we are separated from the sin nature. We know that it still lives in us because Paul said in uh, the 7th chapter, I think the 15th verse of Romans, paraphrase, the things I want to do, I don't. And the things I don't want to do, those are the things I do. And here's what he said, but it's not I that does them, but the sin that lives in me. He's talking about the sin nature that lives in him. Anytime you see the word the in front of the word sin, it's talking about the sin nature not the act of sin. In other places, it doesn't use the word the, but you just, through the context of the scripture, you understand it's talking about the sin nature. But it still lives in us. But we're no longer bound to it. Somebody ought to shout! We're no longer bound to it! We're no longer slaves to sin! It no longer has dominion over us. Hence, we are made free from its control. We're no longer controlled by the sin nature. I'm going to tell you all a little story. I saw this thing on uh, YouTube, and it was a story about a couple of deer and, uh, that were fighting. A lot of you maybe saw the same thing. There must have been northern deer. They were huge. Big old white tails, had big old set of horns. I think maybe, I was thinking about this, I think maybe the reason God sent us those little bitty white tails in Texas, because everything else in Texas is bigger, <laughs> you know? And he said, it's like our thorn in the flesh. It keeps us from getting puffed up. You can tell it's working on me. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> but I, I believe that's why we have a little bitty whitetail. I don't know. I'm not sure. So I'm going to tell you about this story about these uh, two whitetails, big old bucks, big old set of horns, and, and um, they caught it on video. And these two bucks is in the rut, and they're fighting over some girls, you know. And so they got to fighting, and they had hooked together like this, and they were butting, and they were twisting, and they were uh, just pushing and rooting and struggling with each other. The problem was there was a barbed wire fence right between them. And during the struggle, they got entangled, ensnared, enslaved by that barbed wire fence. Uh, and they couldn't get loose. There wasn't a, you couldn't have put a gum wrapper between their two heads. And they never, they didn't quit feet and fighting. They were still fighting and pushing and pulling and struggling. And it must have been close to a road because two brave men, I'll tell you what, came out there. One of them had shorts on. And uh, they had wire cutters, so they must have been in their truck and seen it from the road. And they went out there, and I mean, they were jumping over. Did anybody see this? Yeah. Al did, and then and, the, and Jerry, and uh, they and these two guys. There was the deer were right here. One man was on this side, another man was on this side, and they got in there and they were jumping over that wire that was whipping around there, barbed wire. He's had shorts on, jumping over that barbed wire, and they got this. Deer cut loose on this side and on the other side, and that deer took off, and he was running. And he ran through the meadow and up in the timber, where the rabbits couldn't go, I don't know. And so then he, uh, no, that was the briars and the brambles, wasn't it? (laughs) Anyway, so uh, then they got in there. then this, uh, uh, the wire had been jerked loose from them posts, and probably from here to the end of that platform, this deer would run over there and man, that wire would catch him and just snatch him back over here and he'd run over here and it would snatch him back this way and finally he just played out. And they got in there and they cut him loose and he ran off. He was free. And he ran off across that meadow up into that timber. Hallelujah. He was free. They were both set free like we're set free from the power of sin. But I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters, the barbed wire fence was still there. It was still waiting on him. It was still waiting to see if it could maybe entangle them. (sighs) Just like the sin that so easily besets us. The sin that lies and waits at the door. Beware the wiles of the devil. Stay close to the power of God, the the, the power of the cross. Don't be duped into thinking something else has power. The other miracle that happens is Peter said, we are now partakers of the divine nature, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. So here's the picture that I get. Now that I'm set free, I stand as a free moral agent, right in the midst, right between the sin nature, I always put it on the left, and and the divine nature, over here on the right, Sandy, And uh, so anyway, so I got the sin nature and the divine nature, and I'm standing in between them, right? And I'm a free moral agent. And God said this. He said, I set before you life and death. He said, choose life. Choose life, brothers and sisters. Choose life. We can still be entangled in that sin. But we don't have to be. The wages of sin are still death. 1 Corinthians one twenty-two and 24, four, through 24 says this, it says, For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. There it is again. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But to them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. So we talked about how the preaching of the cross is the power of God, and Really, for what I'm talking about, I wouldn't have needed to do this, but I was curious. I didn't really understand the wisdom of God, so I read commentary and stuff, and I came up with this, and it says, His wisdom devised a plan of salvation which pardoned guilty men, and at the same time vindicated and glorified the justice of God, which stands out as the wisest and most remarkable plan of all time. God's smart. He's smart. He's smart. So now we see a lot of times a preacher will preach Christ, but not Christ crucified. Hmm. So why is it so important to preach Christ crucified? Think about this. Christ had to be born of a virgin, that's right, so that he wouldn't have a sin nature, right? Because the sin nature is passed on through the man, Adamic seed. So he he couldn't have the sin nature because he wouldn't have been a lamb without spot nor blemish. But if it would have stopped there, not one single person would have been saved. He had to live a life of sinless perfection for the same reason. So he would be the lamb without spot nor wrinkle. But if it would have stopped there, not one single person would have been saved. The miracles and the healings were very important. They had to happen to prove that who he was. But if it would have stopped there, not one single person would have been saved. He had to die, but if it would have been just in, a, in any other way than the cross, not one single person would have been saved. What? Yeah, not one. It had to be the cross. Why? Because that was the way, the cross was the way that the very worst of sinners were judged in those days. And can I tell you, brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ took the judgment. He paid the price for the very worst of us, uh, the very worst of sinners. He died once and he died for all. Somebody ought to be getting excited. I don't know about you. If i got to do the preaching and the shouting, that's good enough for me. Somebody ought to get excited about that. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so brother, he says, what are you saying? He says, brother, what's the point of all this? <laughs> well, it's pretty basic, you know. What's the point? Well, the point is this. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Redirect, redirect. The faith is Jesus Christ and him crucified. My faith needs to be grounded and anchored in Christ and him crucified. Redirect, redirect, redirect. That's where the power is. We should examine ourselves to make sure the enemy isn't successful in shifting our faith from Christ and him crucified to our confession. We we want a positive confession. I'm not saying that. But be sure your faith is not in your confession. That's works but that your faith is in Christ and Him crucified, which produces a positive confession. Be sure that, uh, you know, with, with faith, and, and here's what they'll say. Well, but brother, here's the verse, one of them. With faith just the size of a mustard seed, you can say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe, and do not, now, do not doubt that what you say you will have, and you will have. Notice what it didn't say. It didn't say with faith the size of a mustard seed in what you say. No, brother Eddie Reed was right. He was right. What we believe can change, but our faith remains the same. Amen. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Here's another one. <laughs> did you notice how? Did you notice how? Um, how the how the enemy will just so subtly get in there and shift our faith. Here's another one. It's scripture. It's truth. But we can, we can use it wrong. We can, we can apply it wrong. It says, and they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Can I tell you the word of our testimony is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is the word of our testimony. It's all about Jesus. It's the cross. It's the cross. It's the cross. So another example that I want to bring out that bringing a lot of deception as a teaching that I don't want to step on people's toes, but I want to bring light to something I, that, I'm, that worries me, that bothers me in the body of Christ. And this, this teaching is uh, it ties healing to taking communion, which obviously it does. Healing is in the atonement. We, uh, uh, but here's the thing. Here's what they teach. If you don't get your healing, take communion. If you don't get it the next day, take it again. If you don't get it the next day, take it twice. What is the enemy doing? He's shifting our faith. How does does Jesus want us to do that? He's shifting our faith actually from Jesus Christ and him crucified to the act of taking communion. Beware the wiles of the devil. Beware the wiles of the devil. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance of what? What? what he did on the cross that's where his body was broken for us that's where the blood was spilled for us in remembrance of the cross when we take communion remember the cross hallelujah remember the cross this teaching really uses the body and the blood of Christ like a magic talon it's magic it's superstition be careful beware the wiles of the devil like the old boy said I'm not superstitious I'm just a little bit stitious Well, I'm here to tell you that God won't allow any, not even one smallest degree of stisciosity. Is that a word? I don't know if that's a word or not, but he won't allow it. I'm telling you that. It's not about superstition. But here's what he, he won't honor that. He won't honor that faith. But here's what he will honor. Faith anchored and grounded in Jesus Christ and him crucified. Think about Cain and Abel. I need to get done here, but think about Cain and Abel. Abel brought the lamb which was evidencing his faith in the coming seed, the Lamb, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the, word, of, of sins of the world. But Cain brought his vegetables. There was two couple of things wrong with that. One thing was it was the works of his hands. That's what we want to do. We want to earn our salvation, don't we? Or we want to we earn our transformation for sure. And we want to take credit for it. That's what the flesh does. The flesh wants to be in control. But Christianity says... We give over control to, to Jesus. And so the other thing wrong with that is he brought vegetables. Well, did you know that there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood and you can't get blood out of a turnip? <laughs> did you ever think about that saying? I used to think, I'd think before I was saved, I thought, why would anybody even say that? That's the dumbest statement I've ever heard. You can't, of course, everybody knows you can't get blood out of a turnip. And after I was saved, I saw that and I thought, I'll bet that's where that started. I don't know, maybe it is. You can't get blood out of a turnip. Cain was, he had the wrong idea. So, faith anchored and grounded in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Jesus is the rock that was smitten in the desert. The rock speaks of Jesus. The rod speaks of the cross. The rod that He smote the rock with speaks of the cross upon which Jesus was smitten, right? And the water that gushed forth speaks of the Holy Spirit that was poured out on the day of Pentecost. By the way, after Jesus was smitten on the cross. That's a picture of Christ and Him crucified. That's why Paul said, I have determined to know nothing among you save Christ and Him crucified. Eddie, y'all can come on back up here. I'm about through. Oh, He is the solid rock on which I stand. He's the Lord of lords, the King of kings. He's the fairest of 10,000. He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That old song, on the solid rock I stand, all the rest is sinking sand. So with our faith grounded and anchored in Christ and Him crucified... A simple faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He makes it simple for us. We can get up every morning. I remember the day when I'd get up in the mornings for years. I'd wake up in the mornings, I hate to get up because I didn't want to face the day. I would roll over and try and go back to sleep. So I didn't get up, have to get up and face the day. I didn't know the Lord. I don't know, maybe some of you have been like that. Maybe you wake up in the middle of the night and, and you can't go back to sleep or you wish you could and you're being tormented. But when we place our faith in Christ and Him crucified and it's grounded and anchored, we can get up every morning and we can put that spiritual sling in our back pocket like David did, right? And we can get us a sack full of smooth stones that really represents the gifts of the Spirit when you get into it, so to speak. And we can run to that battle. We don't have to go back to sleep. We can run to that battle. We can get up in the morning and we can run to that battle, brothers and sisters, and with the assurance of ultimate victory, right. examine yourselves whether you be in the faith, Christ and him crucified, in your lives, our lives will be much simpler and victorious. Mm-hmm. So the live stream has really changed the uh, the way that this 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 ministry is, and so you never know when there's somebody watching that'll be a, going through there and find this and Maybe they'll listen to it on the live stream, and maybe they don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe they don't know anything about Jesus Christ, Him crucified. Maybe they're still waking up, hoping they can go back to sleep and not having to face the day. I don't know. Maybe they're lost as a goose in a hailstorm. Maybe they're, they, don't, they don't know what this world's all about, what life is really about. That's the way I was. And so if you're like that out there, or anybody here, Maybe y'all would just help me. I'm I'm gonna just I just want to lead anybody that might listen to this, whether it's today or or a month from now. Somebody goes through here. And why don't you all help me? Just repeat after me. God in heaven.
0: heaven,
1: I come to you you
0: in the name of Jesus. Jesus.
1: And I confess confess that I'm I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth,
0: I in my heart with mouth. that, Jesus Christ,
1: that Jesus Christ is that Savior. That He died on the cross of Calvary for my sins personally. My sins personally. And three days later,
0: three days later
1: God, raised him back to life. God
0: raised Him back to life.
1: And according to Your Word, to
0: your word
1: that cannot lie I am now saved. I'm, now saved. I'm, cleansed. I'm cleansed. I'm washed. I'm, washed. I'm, free. I'm free. I'm made white as snow.
0: White
1: as snow. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Give glory to God. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Go tell somebody what you did. You won't be any more saved, but it'll strengthen your walk in the Lord. Huh. Go tell them. Some of them might laugh at you. Some of them will congratulate you. Go tell them. Go tell them. Go tell them. Amen. Thank you all.
2: Thank you for sharing that. I've got a barbed wire story myself. It was just yesterday and I know barbed wire is dangerous and you got to be careful and I haven't been ever tangled up in it since I've been set free of it but I got to say you climb over a barbed wire fence you gonna rip a hole in your britches if you're not careful because I did that yesterday and and I was thinking about it. the whole time I was thinking about it and I was thinking man I sure need to be careful. You can't play around with sin. You can't. You can't just sit down beside the old ways and the old things and expect not to get nipped every now and then. If you hang out that way, it's going to get you. And I can't tell you how many times I'm working without gloves, getting nicked on my fingers. You know, just wire and things. You. You have to be careful. God wants to protect us and provide for us, but you know, if you just play the fool, you're going to have some problems. He's given us a way. Yes. Gave us a way. He said, There's not any sin or temptation that's going to come upon you, but what's typical and normal, he's given you a way out that you can escape. Sometimes it means don't go there. Run for your life. You know? It means stay away from the barbed wire fence. Duh. So Lord, remind us each day that we need to be alert. We need to be aware that the enemy never gives up. He's always trying to ensnare us. He's always trying to trick us and deceive us and make us rationalize and say, well, everybody else is doing it. It's okay. It's not okay. Help us to always hear your voice, Lord, and listen to you and follow you and be quick to obey, not become entangled and ensnared and not become trapped or tricked, but to walk in the freedom that you've given us, Lord. In Jesus' name you He still is on the throne. Amen. Amen. So we're gonna do something. We don't normally do this but I'm gonna ask you to give a shout to the Lord and we're gonna clap and we're gonna shout and Elaine this is for you. God is still on the throne. god is still on the throne we're going to rejoice and we're going to celebrate his goodness and his provision so now may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and may the lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace